Hello, and thank you for joining us for this podcast from the Secretariat of Child and Youth Protection. My name is Melanie Takanen, and I'm the Associate Director for the Secretariat. Today, we have with us Tahia Marable from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, who's the program manager over there. And I will let Tahia introduce herself and share a little about um, how she arrived at National Center. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, my name is Tahia Marable. I work at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and I am our program manager over outreach um, within our education, outreach, training, and prevention team. Um, I joined the National Center fairly just shy of a year, um, so it hasn't been too long. Um, but you know, I've always been interested in um, child protection issues. Um, you know, I personally have a big family and um, have worked previously in education, but more in marketing education, um, but still geared towards children. Um, and so. After when this opportunity came about, I was like, you know what, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, do something in the public that I feel will help, um, you know, assist in protecting children. And so, jumped mm-hmm. on board. Wonderful. It sounds like you've been enjoying it for the past year. So yes. It's wonderful to, to have you aboard. Uh, now, for some folks who may not be familiar with the National Center, or can we call it NICMIC? Yeah, so right NICMIC, NICMIC um, you'll definitely hear me reference that. It's the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is a long name. Yes. <laughs> and so um, we um, lovingly refer to ourselves as NICMIC, so... Wonderful. <laughs> so, so what's kind of the main goal of NICMIC, or really, you know, h- how did it get started? What, what basically do you guys do over there? Yeah. So, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, um, really, the mission really is to um, help protect and find missing children. Mm-hmm. Um, also, protect children who are victimized from child sexual exploitation, mm-hmm. um, as well as provide information um, to the community um, to, again, help protect children and provide technical assistance. Wonderful. So really, it kind of has those two separate focuses, but I can see how they would overlap a little bit as well. Um, for sure. With technology, um, oh, you know, yeah. and the advancements and even children um, getting online mm-hmm. earlier and earlier, we really see a crossover between um, missing children's um, cases as well as mm-hmm. um exploited children's cases um they overlap a lot of times you know previously um you know when the center was founded there would be stories of children who were abducted Mm -hmm. walking home from school or um from a you know shopping mall in their community Mm -hmm. um now children are being we find lured out of the house they're meeting their abductors online and developing relationships, um, Mm -hmm. what they feel are relationships, and then Mm -hmm. um, whether they're leaving on their own or meeting up, and Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, then being abducted. And so um, we definitely find crossover um, as technology has increased. Wow. Okay. Now, who's usually the one that maybe is identifying these kids online? Does that come from the public? Does that come from law enforcement? Um, so when you say identify the the children, like say a child who's been exploited online, whether mm-hmm. it's a missing child or even you know somebody who's sitting upstairs in their bedroom that's being exploited, um, you it's both. Um, you know what will happen is um, 
we don't like to use the word perpetrator, but mm-hmm. you know, a suspect will join the same websites or the same social media platforms um, that our children are um, communicating and um, socializing mm-hmm. on um, and pretending to be someone younger. And so a child mm-hmm. may not know that they are talking to, um, you know, an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's taking advantage of them. Um, you know, I think it's easy for, you know, especially if it's a child who has less social interaction in the public or at school um, mm-hmm. that may feel um, that they are, you know, feeling lonely. You know, children go through all different yeah. phases of life. Mm-hmm. And so they find this one friend that they can talk to anyone, anything about, talk, you know, about their feelings, what's going on in school, what, you know, mm-hmm. their likes, dislikes. And they really um, invest into these, again, relationships, I say in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, so they really feel that they get to know these people um, and then unfortunately are tricked um, to meet them outside of the home. Okay. How long does that usually take from when you have, let's say, you know, somebody who is looking for these vulnerable children, who's soliciting them online, you know, through social media mm-hmm. or, or whatnot, to when they can convince them to meet them in person? I mean, the grooming, we it's kind of, ref- we've referred to it as the grooming process. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really take, we've seen cases where it was you know, months or weeks, um, over years, like people have talked to, um, children for long periods of time, um, before they've, um, you know, started suggesting that they Mm. interact. And sometimes it may not just be, um, leaving home, you know, you know, the relationship may progress, um, again, in an exploitative way where they're starting to ask for inappropriate pictures or images. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once they receive those images, um, you know, the child may be, um, what we like to call like sextortion where they're being blackmailed, um, Mm -hmm. to continue to, um, deliver those inappropriate images, um, Mm -hmm. or they'll be exposed or they'll tell their parents or their friends or their post or wherever. Um, so again, um, children are, again, being tricked, really, Mm -hmm. um, into these relationships. And then when something inappropriate happens, um, a lot of times they just feel that guilt and are are afraid to to communicate and tell and get help. So it it really mirrors with pretty much any child who's experienced abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, that a lot of times they're, well, particularly with sexual abuse, that they're so ashamed that they they don't want to tell anybody or they don't feel like there's anybody they can trust. Exactly. I know um, it's funny. We work with a number of organizations and um, a line that's been going around lately that we really relate to is the whole concept of being like an upstander and not a bystander. Oh, that's and great. And like just really speaking up for your friends. So, you know, um, you know, if you have a best friend or um, someone that you're close with or even a parent for a child, you can tell if there's small little things that – are happening with their personality, mm-hmm. if they're starting to withdraw, if they are, you know, have to be on the internet mm-hmm. at all times, or small changes, that's not their normal behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really um, ask those questions um, from the early um, stages. Or if you know that you have a friend who you might, they might have told you something in initially, but then they stopped talking to you, like mm-hmm. stand up for your friends, like speak up for your friends. Oh, wonderful. That's, I love that idea of the bystander, or that instead of the bystander, be an upstander. upstander. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's great. And it sounds, you kind of touched on some of the red flags too, like as far as if somebody is maybe acting a little bit differently, that could be a red flag. For sure. No matter what the situation is, whether um, a child is um, experiencing, um, you know, 
sexual abuse in person through mm-hmm. an organization or, um, you know, with someone that, you know, they have legal contact with um, in their lives, or if they are in an inappropriate relationship with an adult online or, yeah. you know, being groomed online, their normal behavior will change. Um, they mm-hmm. will okay. possibly recoil. They may be outgoing and then, you know, be secretive or want to be behind closed doors and not want to communicate. So I feel like, especially from a parent, you know, your children um, pay attention to those type Mm -hmm. of um, warning signs, you say, or red flags Mm -hmm. um, and and be sure. And also like, you know, even if your child was in a sports organization, like we have a program called safe to compete, you know, where again, it's, the child who may need a ride home every day and, you know, maybe staying um, late or, mm-hmm. um, you know, has that special one-on-one, you know, practices or coach or with the coach, mm-hmm. you know, as a, a parent of your child who may be a team, you know, teammate, like stand up for other children. Um, yeah. And so be on the lookout for those red flags or things that are suspicious that you would feel are, would be suspicious if it was, if it was your child. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, I know NIGMIC has a lot of resources that can kind of address that as far as what to do if you see a warning sign or even if you see a child, you see some sort of exploitation going on online. So what can you share a little bit about the resources that you have? For sure. Yes. So we have um, 1-800-THE-LOSS, which is our national hotline um, for missing children. Um, Whether you and um, are experiencing a missing child in your life um, personally, Mm -hmm. you can call and um, start a report with the National Center. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a sighting of a missing child, we um, are well known for our missing child posters. You can go on our website and search, um, you know, whether it's a state or sign up to receive missing posters poster notifications, mm-hmm. um, and Amber Alerts, et cetera. Okay. Um, so you can call and report missing children. Um, but then also, if you see something that just like, is it right? Yeah. You can call our hotline. Um, more specifically for ex- um, ch- children who are exploited, we have mm-hmm. a cyber tip line, which was started um, in the um, late 90s, 98, okay. um, which is more geared, it's an online mechanism to reporting um, child exploitation. So mm-hmm. um, your child or you may come across an image that's inappropriate. You can report that there. Um, if you're on the internet and you see an inappropriate ad or if you see um, a child or someone who you feel is a child, you know, you're traveling home for the holidays and you're at a rest stop and you see someone who you may feel is a child, you can again call immediately, but then um, go to um, our cyber tip line, which is off of our website or cybertipline.org and report um, that um, incident. So once a report is made to that tip line, does that do you work with law enforcement on that, or do you have your own law enforcement? Yes. Yeah, so the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, um, we are not a law enforcement agency, but we do provide technical assistance to law enforcement um, oh, for um, children's um, cases. Mm-hmm. And so what will happen is if we receive a report um, directly to us, we will make sure that um, let's say it's a family that member that's calling mm-hmm. that they also open a report with their local agency, their local oh, law enforcement okay. agency. And we will confirm that there is a report with the local law enforcement agency because we really, oh, yeah. we're not law enforcement, so we cannot mm-hmm. do anything. We have to work in conjunction um, mm-hmm. and in support of law enforcement. So we will um, 
you know, do our due diligence to make sure that a case is open. Mm -hmm. And then we can provide technical assistance um, to support cases. So um, once we receive um, cases of missing children or um, exploited children cases, we have case managers who um, work with case analysis units um, that will allow us to provide technical assistance, um, data support, um, you know, will, um, you know, be able to scour, you know, public information mm -hmm. and again, provide all those reports to law enforcement, nice, pretty packaged up um, so that they can, um, you know, help and, and aid them with closing the case and hopefully finding that missing child or, yeah. um, you know, making sure that if it was an exploited child, that mm -hmm. one, that they are recovered and mm -hmm. two, um, the suspect is brought down. Wow, I'm sure law enforcement appreciates having you guys as a resource to be able to help them out with yeah, all of this. Yeah, I know. It's like my um, kind of favorite thing is it's like we're law enforcement's best kept secret, <laughs> especially <laughs> when go. it comes. And we really want to make sure that law enforcement agencies are prepared. So yeah. we have a number of trainings that um, agencies, um, whether they're at the executive level, like the chiefs mm -hmm. or the first responders, um, that can sign up for to make sure that they are familiar with missing child or exploited children um, mm -hmm. cases. Um, you know, things that they may come across with dealing with children of these type of cases, mm -hmm. families, how to interact with families, um, services that yeah. we also provide the families, um, advocacy services that we provide the family and support services that we provide families, mm -hmm. um, as well as just making sure that they have a plan in place. You know, you yeah. don't want to be the town that you have a missing child and you don't have no idea what to do. Exactly. Um, you know, if that's the case, call Nick Mick because <laughs> we will be there to assist you. Um, but separately, um, you know, we want to make sure that that agencies, small or large, at mm -hmm. least have some plan in place to um, deal with these type of issues just in case it ever came across their desk. Absolutely, because generally it's not a matter of if, but when. Exactly. Great. Now, can you share any current statistics as far as, um, particularly when we're talking about children being uh, sexually exploited online? I yeah. know that's a, a big, you know, it's, it's everywhere right now as far as it's our society is finally being aware that, hey, this is a big issue. But can you share any any numbers or information? For sure. Um, in 2017, last year alone, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received over 10 million reports to our cyber tip line. Wow. And so we do have um, a good number of those reports come through um, internet service providers or electronic service providers or various platform mm -hmm. partnerships that we have. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for example, um, a um, electronic service provider and, I, you know, everyone on face is on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can self-report on Facebook if you see, receive inappropriate content or see an inappropriate image. Facebook mm -hmm. has the capability of you can report that image or you can report that inappropriate behavior. Um, but they also, because when they receive it, they're kind of um, partners of ours, and they will also kind of send those reports to us. Um, because the more information we have, you uh -huh. never know when a link in a case may be, or, you know, exactly. two, you know, we've seen the same you know, whatever, multiple times. Mm -hmm. And um, the, so the more information and data that our cyber tip line database receives, it just helps in other cases you never know what you're receiving. 
So a number, a large number of our cyber tip line reports do come from our electronic service providers, mm-hmm. um, our partners there, um, but then also from the public. And, you know, children can self-report. You don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. your parent can report on your behalf. Um, you know, yeah. parents may see something and they can report. Again, it mm-hmm. doesn't just have to be online. It could be, you know, something that's happening in your community or in your child's or, you know, club or youth serving organization, Mm -hmm. um, it really could, um, anything that is, um, again, more related to child exploitation can be reported there. And there's a drop down of different categories and it really, the guide, the form is really easy to use and kind of guides you through um, what you see. But don't think any information is too small or or Mm -hmm. any um, tip is too small. Absolutely. Now that number, that 10 million in just one year, is that pretty much similar to what you've seen in prior years? Has that gone up? Has it, it gone down? It grows every year. Um, you know, previously it's you know millions and millions. It definitely grows every year as mm-hmm. people become more aware of the issue. Um, you know, yeah. um, you know, there's a big effort out there to make sure that we are educating children that they can, um, again, that whole be an upstander, like report on your friend's behalf, or mm-hmm. you don't have to, um, as a child, accept or take inappropriate yeah, behavior. Absolutely. And so even if you don't feel comfortable possibly telling your mom, you can report yourself. And so mm-hmm. um, reports do go up year over year. Um, but since it was established, like the number has increased. <laughs> wow. Which again continues to show us how much just the rise of technology is a tool for those who want to harm kids exactly. that they're using it. Yes. But also on the flip side mm-hmm. shows that just there is that heightened level of awareness so you are getting those tips in as well which is definitely a positive. Great. Yeah. And and you know, I think it's in the best interest especially of like electronic service providers. Like we know that, you know, the internet is the future, you know, everything yeah. that we do, you know, there's these days, your fr- refrigerator is connected to mm-hmm. the internet. Yeah. So, <laughs> whether, you like it or not. <laughs> whether you like it or not, so it it's in the best interest of you know our society to make sure that mm-hmm. um, the platforms that you know we use as um, you know members of this world that they also are in the mind um, in the business of protecting children mm-hmm. and keeping children safe. Um, you know you get to the age of 18 and you know there's definitely laws that protect adults as well but as a child there's like so much more that can be done um you know a crime something that can be considered a crime at the age of 18 is not a crime under the age of 18. yeah so it's important to know that Mm -hmm. now kind of switching gears a little bit here what is your opinion about the sexual abuse crisis within the Catholic Church as far as what do you think the church has done well and maybe what could the church do to continue to improve? Yeah, you know, I mean, I um, the church removed any organization that works with, with children, mm-hmm. whether it's a, you know, church-related organization mm-hmm. or a sports, you know, organization um, or whatever it may be. Um, if you're working with children on a regular basis, you definitely should have those policies and rules in place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, I mentioned Safe to Compete earlier, but it's mm-hmm. geared towards right now um, youth serving organization, but it really does apply to all um, it's geared towards youth sport organizations, but it really does apply to mm-hmm. all youth serving organizations to have those policies in place. Make sure that staff is trained on appropriate behavior and um, there's during those information sessions in the beginning that um, 
parents are well um, informed of, you know, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what to expect, what's not to expect, um, mm-hmm. even when it comes to communications or practices or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, and so I think as long as organizations are definitely putting those rules in place, I think that's a great effort. You know, um, you know, there's different, you know, guides out there and best practices in regards to like background checks of staff. Um, I think that's, you know, a lot of organizations do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but really I think if you have those, especially with all the news that was going on with the U S gymnastics and like, so it's just like being aware that this issue exists mm-hmm. and then putting the measures in place to um, protect children. And there's a number of resources out there that can aid you with that if you're mm-hmm. new to, um, you know, having your child in an organization mm-hmm. um, can really um, help with that. So, um, you know, in regards to um, the church, I think it's awesome. Like the activities you're doing, just doing this podcast and informing um, your listeners, I think is the way to go. Wonderful. Thank mm-hmm. you. And, and what you mentioned, too, the policies, the training, I mean, mm-hmm. that's definitely being done at the diocesan level in the church, too. So that's great. It's great. I think we're definitely seeing that movement where, mm-hmm. like you said, child serving organizations are realizing, hey, this is necessary. Yes. We all need to work together. Exactly. For the shared goal of keeping kids safe. Yep. That is the goal. I mean, um, you know, you never want to be... Um, you know, ex- experience that yourself. So yeah. um, you have to do what you have to do to um, prevent it from the beginning. Absolutely. So those that are in the field uh, within the church, say the safe environment coordinators that are doing the prevention aspect, mm-hmm. and also the victim assistance coordinators that mm-hmm. are working with survivors of abuse mm-hmm. uh, within the church, but also other types of abuse as well. How can we partner with you as NICMIC in really the shared goal of preventing For sure. sexual abuse. So we have a number of prevention resources and programs um, mm-hmm. that we have created over the years that really is, you know, bottom line about keeping children safe, mm-hmm. whether it's in the real world or online. You know, I think, yeah. you know, we're starting to pull back from saying the real world because online is children's real world. It's, it's real the world same. now to them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't think, you know, from me as an adult, I can, you know, understand the concept of real world versus online world. But um, as our children become more, um, you know, technology is their life, mm-hmm. they don't, that, that's the same thing to them. So um, we're just starting to say that we have resources out there just in general to protect children. Mm-hmm. And so geared, whether you're working with children in kindergarten or in preschool, all the way up to 12th grade, we really um, dive into um, safety practices and rules to keep children safe. Mm -hmm. The general basic rules that our Kids Smarts program, which is more geared towards the elementary audience, um, that's available through our website at Mm missingkids.org slash education. Um, It's Kids Smarts. It really teaches children the four rules of personal safety um you know check first with before going anywhere with anyone or doing anything (laughs) um you know it's okay to say no um the safety and number concept and then um really just making sure that um you have trusted adults in your life um and really explaining what the concept of a trusted adult is you know a trusted adult Sometimes it's not always mom or dad. You Mm -hmm. know, mom or dad may not be there, maybe absent or, um, you know. So, you know, a trusted adult for a child may be that teacher or the aunt or, um, you know, even a cousin in their life that they really, um, and we really dive into the characteristics of what a trusted adult is. 
Oh, wonderful. And so from there, um, as children begin to get online and starting as young as the kindergarten age, they really, um, through uh, 12th grade, we mm-hmm. have a companion program called NetSmarts. And so yeah. the online, you know, getting on the net, <laughs> uh-huh. the NetSmarts thing where, um, again, from the younger age, we're just talking about the basics of being a great digital, digital citizen. And so uh-huh. kind of transferring those rules for personal safety mm-hmm. um, online, like, you know, you will experience bullies or someone who are speaking about you. Don't share your personal information. So really kind of giving them the basics of becoming a good digital citizen um, all the way up to as we get older for the middle school and high school audiences um, going into detail about each online risk that they may experience online, Mm -hmm. whether it is, again, um, cyberbullying mm-hmm. or if it is inappropriate content or language um, mm-hmm. you know if it gets into exploitative content like sextortion or sexting so mm-hmm. we really dive into each of those issues um, and provide children and communities and their parents um, the um, one what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> what the topic exactly. is and then two if you're experiencing what to do about it and mm-hmm. always to report again i think yeah. you know we'll do presentations in front of middle school or um, high school audiences and a lot of times you know we'll say like you are a minor and again you mm-hmm. have many resources and tools that will help protect you and they're like oh i guess i could get help with this or even if it is just reminding them like you can self-report this like they're like oh Uh ding 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 light bulbs go off and so um just making sure that people are aware of the risks that you face Mm -hmm. um and um you know i like to say i have a young child and people are like, how do you do this work? And I'm like, you know, and as I know my child will be on the internet already. Absolutely. I feel like he already knows how to work my phone better than me. <laughs> they, they, they just come like, out knowing that for yes. some reason, right? I don't I'm know like, why. How do you know how do. to get to the apps? <laughs> um, uh-huh. But he, you know, I, I feel like because that's just going to happen, that's the, the life, the um, times that we live in these mm-hmm. days. But setting those rules just like you said house rules um or ground rules for your home and what you expect of your children and your you know and walking down the street um those same rules apply online so um you know if that's a part of their life then teaching that young early consistently um Mm -hmm. then as they get into their tweens and teens um those rules should follow them just like they follow you in life yeah, and it sounds like then you pretty much have it covered as far as the resources that you have available to start those conversations at a young age. Yes, and so all of our resources are available on our website. Um, you can register and download away. Um, we mm-hmm. actually have um, some great um, working relationships with some archdioceses across the country who use yeah. KidSmarts and NetSmarts. Um, for the educator perspective, we have full curriculums and lesson plans and classroom activities. Or if you're in kind of like the expanded learning environment after school, it's a great time. You know, you might not have time in the classroom, but after school, yeah. there could be like the kids' safety club, or um, we've seen different, you know, ways to implement mm-hmm. where they dive into some of those, um, you know, curriculum to teach um, personal and online safety for children. And so, um, you know, it's a it's a great program. The kids learn the concept, mm-hmm. I think, easily. A lot of times, especially for the younger kids, it's fun to see because a number of our characters are animated and they're kind of yeah. like their own um, age range. Mm-hmm. So it's like that peer-to-peer learning and they understand the concepts. Um, and 
it's interesting um, to just kind of watch them kind of be like, okay, yes, I get it. <laughs> you see the light bulb. You see the light bulb bit. click off. Wonderful. And then, um, so it's, it's a good, and it's all free to you. So you can That's definitely great. access that and click away and download away. <laughs> Wonderful. So those of you that are looking at maybe adding to your safe environment curriculum, this is a great opportunity for you to go check mm -hmm. out their website. And I believe they're all in Spanish too as well? Yes. So we have um, all of our resources, all of KidSmarts and NetSmarts materials um, is available both in English and Spanish. So, Wonderful. Um, and then we have a number, a good chunk of resources also available in symbol sticks. So um, we have partnered um, with an organization who has um, transferred... Um, um, translated, excuse me, a number of like our KidSmarts or NetSmarts resources um, in Symbol 6, which is used with uh, for children with special needs. So oh, autism, wow. and it's kind of puts them into like a picturesque. So mm -hmm. explain like the four rules of personal safety, but in the um, symbols, oh, that's so great. that a child with autism can also um, engage and understand the lessons. Wow. And this is in the same, you can find it in the yes, same area. Exactly. Under in the same NetSmarts and KidSmarts. Um, I believe there's like a special needs um, tab, which will provide resources there. Oh, that's great to know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share either about NICMIC or about the resources that you have to yeah. those that are listening? You know, the National Center for Missing Supported Children is um, really a clearinghouse of all of these reports that we were talking about, whether they're through the hotline um, or through our cyber tip line. Um, but we provide, besides that technical assistance for last minute, we really are here for families and community and the public. Um, you know, we want to provide that technical assistance to communities to really keep your children safe. And so um, through our resources that I just mentioned, mm -hmm. um, you know, we are in the community quite often. If you're having yeah. large events, bigger, you know, I don't want to say just large, but community events, mm -hmm. reach out to us. Um, you can call 1-800-LOSS and ask for the outreach team or email us at outreach at NCMEC. Um, ncmec.org um, and request um, tip sheets or we have we're known for our child ID kits and so oh, we still do those great. so you can um, definitely email us and request information for your community events and we can kind of talk you through that and make sure that you're equipped to again protect children in your community um, mm -hmm. but then also if you know of someone or are experiencing yourself um, a um, case of a missing child or an exploited child reach out to us see what mm -hmm. services um, that we can provide um, you know make sure that you have the information that you need um, to um, support your family mm -hmm. and so any again anywhere from our child service um, child advocacy team and our family advocacy team which we have members mm -hmm. from like team hope or um, who do that family support peer-to-peer -peer support mm -hmm. or um, you know who may put you in touch with a um, social, you know, social worker or a therapist that you may need in your community. Oh, like wow. we have so, 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 so many resources that are at our, um, and that can are available to assist families. That's so just call. <laughs> <laughs> call Wonderful. and ask. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tahia. I thank know we've you. gotten some really great information from you today. So we really appreciate you not only being involved in this podcast, but also just for your willingness to be a resource to, to all of us in the church that are working toward keeping kids safe. Of course. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So thank you so <laughs> much. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast with Nick Mick. And please join us again next month as we continue our discussions on how we can continue to improve outreach to those who are abused, and keeping our kids and vulnerable adults safe.